The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. This is my best friend, Garth Elgar. Hi. In France, she would be called La Renard, and she would be hunted with only her cunning to protect her. Take me, Garth. Where? I'm low on gas, and you need a jacket. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! You're worthy, you're worthy, get up! Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Aislin Addington. And I'm Tobin Addington. And on today's show, we are, we, we've kind of thrown ourselves a curveball here a little bit. Don't you think? We have. Um, I, I like how you say we. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I will, I suppose I will claim joint responsibility for this. Sure. Well, you didn't, you didn't fight me on it. You're when right. I, <laughs> I, when I discovered that Wayne's World from 1992 was directed by a woman named Penelope Spheris, I could not believe it. I, I, sometimes I, I will just look up, I'll just like Google lists of movies directed by women just so that we're we can sort of you know broaden our not not just movies that we know and love from our childhood <laughs> you're right absolutely which in our which, childhood arguably it was impactful at least right yeah uh, so so let's talk about our own history with it a little bit that sounds great i recall the sketches on snl mm-hmm. and i also recall that our uncle and godfather yep Mark, same person same person uncle and godfather <laughs> yep was a big fan or somehow big fan got credit for being a big fan. I don't, I don't know how deep his fandom ran really, but I associate it so directly with him. Mm-hmm. I feel like he did pick up the catchphrases, whether sincerely or ironically, I haven't asked. Um, <laughs> and because of my adoration for him, yes. I had a um, a series of Wayne's World night shirts, which just means they were oh, big t-shirts. That's right. It's not like a nightgown, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I saw sleeping shirts. And I think that was maybe mom's compromise of like, I don't really know what this is. And so I don't want you to wear it in public. But if I buy an extra large, <laughs> yeah. you can wear it as a nightgown. Wow, so, yeah. Um, I don't know when I first saw it. I don't think I went in the theater. But do you no, have a memory sure of first seeing it? I know I saw I, it as a kid. I don't think I saw it in the theater either, although it's possible I did. But I think it was – I do remember renting it from the video store on these things called VHSs that <laughs> we had back in the day, folks, before DVDs, <laughs> uh, before streaming. So I do remember renting it. I don't think we ever owned it. Do you think? Did we ever own a copy of it? I don't. Um, no, I I don't believe I did. No, I don't think so. And I remember being um, as you uh, also remember the Saturday Night Live sketches, and I, I remember this whole era of Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. pretty clearly. Um, but I but I I can't remember the first time I saw it. I know I saw it kind of a lot at the time, like over probably ninety two, three, four, and then I don't think I've seen it since then. The um, just other thing I want to bring up that I is not a real connection but has always felt like it to me is that Dana Carvey has a Missoula moment. Yes. yes. Um I believe our his parents and our grandparents knew each other or something. I think that's right. 
but I don't think he went to school. Like, I don't think he was lived there. I don't, I don't think he says he grew up there, but his parents spent some time in Missoula. So it, it, I think there was an era in which we, we meaning Missoula, um, sort of claimed him as a uh, connection. Yeah, and I, I think he's brilliant. Like, that's not we'll get into it. But he was he was born in Missoula. Um, OK. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how long he lived here. But um, the, my memory is I remember. See, uh, I have a memory of someone telling me that he bought his parents a house, like mm. upgraded their house here. And that made just I mean, just completely have invented that. But I have a memory of that from this era of when I realized that he was was from here. So I also have a soft spot. Uh, for for Dana Carvey, I think. All right, will you uh, buy me a house someday? I'd love to. Yes, okay, yes, you. but it's got to be here. Oh, amen. <laughs> the campaign has begun. I've put it in the universe. Yes, there Don't it is. tell my coworkers who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she'll commute. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I'll I'll be a robot on campus. Anyway, uh, okay, let's move this. Shit show along. Tobin, <laughs> may I have a bit of history about this fine, fine film? You may have two bits, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Great. Uh, the first is that this began, as so everybody thinks of this as being based on a Saturday Night Live sketch, which it is, although uh, um, Mike Myers, who is credited both as a writer and as sort of based on characters created by, um, he created these characters for two different Canadian TV shows. Like he, 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 he took at least the Wayne character Wayne Campbell um, uh, through uh, uh, sort of was used this sketch on two different Canadian TV shows before he got started on SNL. So it was sort of, it was a pre-existing character for him, which I think is, you know, the SNL world more than I do in terms of like, like you're into the comedian scene and all that. My understanding is people have to like in, uh, audition with characters. Is that right? Like people come with characters sometimes to the show. Yes, absolutely. My, my understanding of the process is that you have to have impressions and characters at the ready. Um, and, and also that many people have to audition multiple times. And Ah. so you sort of run through sometimes your A material, um, on, (laughs) on one of the rounds you don't get in on. Um, and then, uh, I, yeah, I don't think it's, how many double negatives can I have? I think it's common to, um, you bring something you've done in another iteration, Mm. um, to that stage. The other bit is that apparently Mike Myers and the and the director Penelope Spheris didn't get along during the shooting of the the she tells a story in an Entertainment Weekly interview from 2008 that he was complaining a lot didn't want to do the Bohemian Rhapsody bit mm. that that was uh, an invention of hers which is when I when I put the when I rented the movie this time, uh, and and put pressed play, that was the part I really remembered. I remembered that as being like a cent- well, we'll get into that. We'll get into it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, apparently he was uh, less excited about doing that, and and it, things got heated over the course of the um, uh, movie to the point where she was not asked to return to direct the the sequel, and hmm. um, the the the. Report says that they, they didn't sort of patch things up until they were both on a panel about the movie 25 years after the right. <laughs> like, oh, it's 25th anniversary. So uh, some, there was some bad blood here, um, but it sounds like they've, they've patched things up uh, since then. My favorite part of that is to imagine uh, the director and Mike Myers dressed as Wayne in an argument. <laughs> I just, I just can't. You know what I mean? Like, how can you take someone seriously? Yeah, with those pants and that wig. Totally, totally. 
So, well, I'm glad that they have patched patched it up. Yeah, I'm, it's it's nice. Just forever. in time for our podcast. <laughs> Iceland, uh, who are some of the ladies in charge? Take us through the women's involved in major roles of Wayne's World. Happy to. Um, first, as we've mentioned, director Penelope Spheris. Co-writer Bonnie Turner. Actors include Tina Carrere, Laura Flynn Boyle. That's right. Colleen Camp and Donna Dixon. And producer, Dinah Minot. Now, usually, Tobin, this is where I say, please give us a synopsis for our mother. (laughs) But our mother watched this movie with me. Oh. (laughs) Because it was over the holiday break. Should have had her do the synopsis. Oh, my gosh. Well, after you give a synopsis, I'll give the quote she said at the end of the movie. Okay, okay. (laughs) All right. So this is what I could cobble together about uh, Wayne's World. For those of you born after 1992, I'm so curious what your sort of impression of this movie is. Like, I just uh, because it was so part of our our uh, sort of the lexicon. Oh, I had to explain it to a student yesterday. <laughs> okay, okay. Based on the skit of the same name, Wayne's World follows cable access TV show personalities Wayne Campbell and Garth Algar as they go from non sequitur joke to non sequitur joke, sing along with Bohemian Rhapsody, and add half a dozen half a dozen phrases to the American lexicon. Along the way, they almost lose their TV show to a sleazy corporate operator played by Rob Lowe. Wayne begins a relationship with rocker Cassandra, played by Tia Carrere, and well, that's about it. That's all I yeah. can muster. <laughs> That's about in line with Mama, who at the well, I think she said it both partway through and at the end. Yeah. Well, it's not the dumbest movie I've ever seen, <laughs> but I think it's close. Oh boy! Oh boy, indeed, boys, boys, yeah, boy, boy, um, boy, yeah. So. Oh, I'm just winning my notes again. Um, My (laughs) phone got tired of me. So, okay. Well, first of all, (laughs) (laughs) did the office steal that's what she said from Wayne's World? I think maybe so. Which kind of is so tracks for Michael Scott. Uh-huh. That, yeah, like, that's right. the humor he's stuck in. <laughs> yes, yes, that's such a good point. But makes my feelings about it because you know I love and have loved a good that's what she said. You have for the past thirteen years. Yep. <laughs> At least I'm just, I'm just waiting for it to come back around again. <laughs> um, I'm pushing through it. Uh, but it really it 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 adds some complexity to my thoughts about that phrase, which I use so often. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just uh, I there's more self reflection after watching this movie than I thought there would be. Wow. So that's what she said is one, and then the other thing I just want to get right out there is that I have a real back and forth about. All the erection humor. Uh huh. Uh huh. It kind of goes up and down for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you like it a lot. <laughs> Okay, 
one hand, um, I'm really upset by the way that it plays into this essentialist idea that men are controlled by their penises Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. we have to accept that. Right? Like, that's my one reaction to it is like, oh, for F's sake. Right? Right. However, on the other hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Part of me does kind of wish (laughs) that erections made noise. (laughs) Because I think that would be hilarious. Every seventh grade boy's nightmare. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's just car horns constantly in the social studies room. Um, I just feel like it would help everyone. (laughs) 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 And, you know, I'm not saying... You deserve it Um, because we're all humans and everybody's beautiful. But I don't know. There's something about it that that appeals to me. Um, So like putting a bell on a cat? (laughs) (laughs) You've ruined cats and bells for me. So yeah, I just I want everyone to know I I am really torn about this, but um, but like I don't know if we're gonna live in a world where people say "schwing" all the time, (laughs) then I feel like okay, then fine, let's make it have have a sound effect. So these two things you or two of the things you brought up here already the um, that's what she said and the the schwing Mm -hmm. there so so much of the. Um, the language that I remember so distinctly being like entering the lexicon, as I said, from this movie also kind of disappeared from the lexicon. Like I, I'm not sure anybody would know where swing came from. If you said it, you know, with, with anyone younger than us. And I, I wonder if, and, and as you say, the, the, um, that's what she said. The other ones have sort of, they feel like they're from other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so uh, to me, it, it felt, uh, all of that stuff felt so dated. You know, I think about the, the language that uh, came out of Clueless, which we haven't talked about yet, but someday we will. But, you know, 24-7 and, um, you know, there's so many, so many phrases. We watched that movie. Uh, I showed it to a class not that long ago, um, pairing it with Emma. Uh, the Jane Austen book that it was based, you know, loosely based on. And and the so many of those phrases are just are part of our like we still say today, like they just have entered the the language. And if to me it feels like this was kind of like a cul-de-sac of, you know, for a <laughs> short time everyone said these things and then right. not everyone, people did. And then they and then they sort of disappeared. Did you have that experience at all? I I think that's a great uh, thing to point out, kind of the differences between some of the um, you know things that are added to the dictionary that we pick up that that stay and things that don't. Um, I just had such strong memories of all of them. Mm. Yeah, you know, I I feel like it was, and I don't know. I mean, I was a kid, but like it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, party yeah. on, you know. Yeah, everywhere. Um, so I I once I reflect a little further, I just got stuck on all the erections. But once I. <laughs> think about a little further i guess i am in some ways surprised that they didn't but also there's just so much this is a long time ago there's been so much in between and now there is just so much content that um you know it's it's gone away i can think of things that i was very catchphrases i was very passionate about three years ago that i don't say anymore i mean when was the last time i said amazing 
yeah that's wild, true right yeah. so yeah. um so yeah i i, I agree that not hmm. how about this i they haven't all had significant staying power but i think they have influenced a lot of oh, other pop culture things we will have to revisit it when we do do clueless because i was surprised by how much of that ha- has stuck in its sort of original in original form um just Were as, you like, surprised as, like, at how well you know that movie clueless yeah uh, I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. One uh, of my superpowers is I can walk out of the room for several minutes. Yeah. And say the dialogue to myself and walk back in and still be. On fire. <laughs> that is amazing. It's you can also weird. do that for every Friends episode, I believe. But that's. We can. We did just talk about there. that. God, yeah. I'm talented. <laughs> the '90s are your jam. <laughs> the '90s are my jam. Um. Okay. Uh. Things that are not my jam. Yeah. Tell me. Um. I hate crazy ex-girlfriend as a trope. Oh, hate, 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 hate. And, the, and I don't mean the show. That's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Yes. Um, no. God, wouldn't Rachel be a great guest? Mm. Let's call her people. Let's um, do that. But in the meantime, so that and it just bothers me so much to waste Laura Flynn Boyle. Yes. Yes. That bullshit now i yeah. get that at the time this being a very very popular comedic sketch that it could have been a part someone would want to play um just because of the no the yeah no you're, you're yeah you're, and lauren michaels can call in favors and bring in somebody you know right off of twin peaks to you know donna gets to come in and do and do you know three days shooting and like that's not uncommon in these kinds of movies to have sort of that those kinds of cameo parts, but it is you're totally right. It's such a waste of her, and also they treat her the Stacy character so offhandedly badly. It's it really really rubbed me the wrong way this time. Yeah, it, it's offensive and lazy. Yes, and that I don't have time <laughs> yes. for. Yeah, like one or the other, I could deal with, but together it's just ugh. there was there was one moment that redeemed it slightly. And that was when Wayne and Cassandra were having their first conversation in Cantonese. Uh And the joke is that suddenly he's amazing at it. And that also a very short phrase takes a long time to translate. Like, oh, yeah, we get the joke. But in that long thing that I don't think they expect people to read, there was some commentary about Stacey and and, Mm -hmm. and her self-concept and all that that I was like, okay, so – Someone there knew that this was a terrible right. role, but I don't think that that moment was meant to elevate that. I think it was meant to be a funny um, translation joke. Exactly. And it, and it, my memory is that it's Cassandra who voices that, mm-hmm. who like, you know, has the compassion for her in that moment. And so it doesn't even come from him in that in that moment. Um. So, yeah, so that bothered me so much. Um. To contrast, though, I think Cassandra is a pretty awesome character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I and, and I uh, it wasn't just that I was looking for something redeeming, um, but also just kind of looking at okay, if this is about uh, you know women who break the rules, like where are they in this movie? And Stacy breaks the rules in her own ways, um, but she's not <laughs> given any respect. Um, right. And Cassandra being like you know, kick ass from the start and, um, you know, rocker girl woman, pardon me, Wayne's world. What have you done to me? Um, (laughs) 
and you know self-possessed and she's doing the business for it and she's i don't know i um i liked her as a character a lot mm-hmm. what do you think tobin i agree I th- and i think it's a it's you know it's she, it's cool casting um and that she can be she gets to be tough and funny and um have this soft spot for wayne which is i don't know it's 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 uh she's appealing she's she's a they've created it and 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 the performance you know makes her a very appealing character and you know not one that i think wayne deserves in this right. movie which is you know which is too bad i i did have in my notes that there's at least one time and I, there may have been others where garth talks about yeah, he's objectifying someone, but he calls her a woman instead of mm-hmm. instead of a girl. And and so it, I I sort of felt all along like uh, Garth was in his own strange way more evolved, like a touch more evolved. Than Are you Wayne. saying Garth Algar is more feminist than me? <laughs> no, 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 than you? Because I just said girl, oh, not yeah. woman. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, I'm not not saying that. Um, yeah. But I but I but I do think she's great, and I and it I sort of in my revision of the movie in my head sort of rearranged the, the the pairings in this movie a little bit i don't oh, know interesting yeah um yes because garth does spend a lot of time objectifying the woman behind the counter at the donut shop who um, is who's who's into whose character's name is dream woman yes like even the like so <laughs> in the script it's just pure objectification yes um but let's talk more about garth uh, okay yeah because <laughs> I don't know exactly what it is. There is something strangely charming. Mm-hmm. I don't know if charming is the right word. Um, oh, gosh, I'm not a riveting. No. When he's on screen, I can't I can't not watch what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I don't. Is he an idiot savant? Is he I- meant to seem stupid but be a tech wizard what is his <laughs> what is his deal i think if we look too deep in this movie <laughs> for character we won't find it because as with you know even good sketches the character serves the moment and the joke and the setup and the punchline it's not you know so in each if each scene is kind of its own sketch hmm. then strung together then the scenes aren't going to have relationship to one another vis-a-vis character. They're going to have, it's just a new setup for new joke. But I do think that he sort of cinematically, he follows a line of like some Peter Sellers stuff, like from the Pink Panther movies, or, you know, you think about um, uh, an animated series from this time, um, Inspector Gadget or, or Get Smart, or these people who are not, who, who are um, kind of accidentally, uh, great at things, right? Mm. Like they back into stuff. So he starts playing this drum solo in the like music store and we get this weird distorted, like, sh- you know, the camera zooms in on him and the, it all turns like the lighting changes and he's playing and he really is playing. Danny Carvey's playing this like amazing drum. Well, amazing. I don't know. This seems like a really cool drum solo in the middle of the store. And then it pops out of this fantasy world again. And no one around him seems to kind of understand that he's able to do, mm-hmm. to do these things. And yeah, I don't know. I, 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 um, there's something captivating about him. It's maybe how, how I would say that's it. a good word. I got so tired of all that. Which like, part? The sort of hyper reality moments. <laughs> yeah. I think there were like 17 too many. <laughs> and maybe I just wasn't playing, you know, with them in their world. But sure. I, 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 this was, this was difficult 
Yeah, it was just tiresome. The movie gets pretty tiresome pretty fast for me. <sighs> yeah, it's true. I was surprised at how early the Bohemian Rhapsody thing came mm. up. Like it was minute five of this movie. Yeah. I remember that being deep into the movie and kind of a climax. And I, it, I oh, do. I didn't remember that. I knew it was at the beginning because I clocked the guy who was going to throw up every time I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I recalled it being early. <laughs> if you're going to spew, spew into this. So God. here's a funny thing. As we, as I, as I told my wife that I was going to be watching this movie, um, uh, she, she immediately said, you want some lines? And then she rattled off oh, half God. a dozen lines from the movie, which I guess goes to show how, how you, you proves your point of how uh, sort of buried in our lizard brains this movie is those of us who sort of came of age at this time yes and i had an experience of saying oh i watched it already oh really because i own it my partner owns this movie you have a copy of this movie in your home apparently <laughs> oh wow so you know i'm rethinking some things now just Oh boy. Yeah. Um, So there are a ton of uh, cameos in this movie. Yes. But I'm curious what you thought of, because I first thought it was going to be a cameo the way it starts. And then no, it turns out to be a significant part of the movie. What did you think of Mr. Rob Lowe in this movie? I, my first note of the entire thing is Rob Lowe looks the same. (laughs) Um, and then I was recalling, but not with a, a ton of accuracy, um, just for, to be forewarned, um, the part of his first book yeah, where he talked about this era. And because and um, my mother, who was watching the movie with me, said something about, oh, what is Rob doing in this? Like, you know, someone needs a paycheck or something. And that's what I used to think. But after hearing him talk about with, in his book, it was pretty calculated. And he met with Lauren Michaels and he was uh very much intentionally in these SNL movies from the 90s like it was strategic for him and and something he wanted to do um so yeah i mean if no one else rob lowe was there on purpose <laughs> yeah he he so he has the job of being the kind of if the straight man in the movie right yeah. like he has to stand in in scenes with these Especially, I think there's a scene with Dana Carvey where he's he's bashing up a like a mechanical hand he's putting together with a hammer, and this it's a shot that that lingers for maybe thirty seconds, and Rob Lowe just has to watch him do this and not laugh mm-hmm. for like not break for for all this time as Dana Carvey does goes through all his sort of contortions with his lips and all you know all this funny stuff that he does, um, and I I think he handled that really well. The other thing he has to do, uh, Rob Lowe has to do is he provides then sort of apart from the relationship stuff between Cassandra and Wayne, he kind of provides the the plot for the movie. It's it's him trying to sort of weasel out of them out of their station and all or their their show and all this kind of um, you know the evil stuff that he's doing that gets that sort of they hang the rest of the movie on as a sort of loose plot thing. So it's a, it's kind of a tough thing because he get he has to come into this funny movie, not be funny and then hold the like carry the weight of the sort of plot of the movie it's almost kind of a thankless thing and but talk about i mean he he is someone i think in this movie who also has who was also kind of captivating in a different way is a different kind of kind of charisma and he does seem to be having fun which is which is i think part of the key uh because i i enjoyed i enjoyed his scenes yeah you'd have to be having fun um i okay 
please tell me that I've gotten this wrong. But in this watching of it compared to watching it as a child, I found him like less evil. And maybe oh, it was just because the stakes of the whole thing seemed pretty low. <laughs> and where before it was like, we're watching a movie, right? So like the stakes were high mm-hmm. just because we're watching a movie. Um, like, yes, he's in it for himself and he's trying to, you know, but I, I guess I thought more is he's in it for himself rather than he's trying to screw these guys. Like, yeah, that's true. You know, they are collateral damage and that's not okay. But it wasn't, he, he didn't say I'm going to ruin Right. Wayne and Garth's life. Um, and I remembered the stuff with Cassandra being much more heavy handed. Like I remember I remembered him more as a predator than oh, I felt uh-huh. like he was I, I interpreted in this watching. Um, but again, maybe it's just that now looking back at this story of 1992 and $5,000, you know, is what they get. Yeah, yeah. That, that it just kind of all seemed a little bit like. I don't know. It it seems like n- nothing really happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that's not so much about his performance as the, you know, the scaffolding on which everything hangs. Um, I do think he did great in the job. I mean, he plays a great sleazy guy. He's good at that. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in an era of, I think, about the 90s as a lot of um, like slick thrillers. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like he was a slick thriller character in this movie, <laughs> and that and that works because that was the field they were playing on. Yeah, or a guy who's watched a lot of those slick thrillers and thinks he's Michael Douglas in those movies. Right. Like he, yes, yeah, he thinks he's a Baldwin. <laughs> um, and then I had uh, forgotten that the other kind of the guy that was working with him then switches sides and mm-hmm. is befriended by all the misfits. Um, several of whom have gone on to like pretty significant careers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. One I recognize from Gilmore Girls, of course. Um, another would. I recognize from the Americans. Um, yes. So, yes. you know, good for, good for the headbangers, I guess. <laughs> let's, let's hear it for them. Um, but so I, I, I uh, there were moments I found charming. They were just few and far between. Yeah, yeah. I, my overall note from this movie is that it was just a very loose collection of jokes and that not all the jokes worked anymore. <laughs> yeah, kind I of... mean, even a loose c- collection of jokes, I think, is generous. <laughs> maybe. I think maybe. it was two jokes over and over again, um, sometimes with different words. I really would... L- I would wonder someone who had no experience with this era of SNL and maybe even didn't know um, the uh, Austin Powers movies, you know, like mm. wasn't steeped in Mike Myers at all to watch that. Like, would they be able to, is anybody going to really sit through this movie? It just felt so kind of hermetically sealed in 1992 <laughs> that I, I don't know. It's a hard. It's, and I've it's impossible for me to sort of, you know, do that like that thought experiment is just it's just impossible to do but i I'd be, i would be curious if if people make heads or tails of it at all well you have kids you know in um in a couple <laughs> yeah. years sit one down with it and see what happens <laughs> i suppose so um That's what you have kids you for couple, right to experiment on that ex- exactly right uh can i tell you a couple of the cameos that beyond like meatloaf showing up and stuff like that beyond uh, meatloaf but, and chris farley and chris farley's screen debut in Baby this movie chris farley um, uh, the, um, man who plays the 
who owns the arcade? Noah's Noah's arcade. F. That's Bill. That's Bill Murray's brother. Oh. Which you really? can hear in the voice. Yeah, yeah. You can hear in the voice more than in the more than in the looks. I think. But if you close your eyes, you're like, oh yeah, I can I can hear hear, hear Bill Murray in there. And then the um the 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 character's name is Dream Woman. Donna Dixon plays the Dream Woman. Donna Dixon is, or at least was, married to Dan Aykroyd at the time. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like a so sort of Ghostbusters, you know, sibling siblings and uh, at the time spouses uh, sort of roles in in this movie. Um, and also the the director Penelope Penelope Spheris is in the control booth in the when they when they do the the sort of big time version of the quote unquote big time version of of Wayne's World with oh the that's awesome studio yeah and then yeah. of course Ed O'Neill Ed O'Neill is at the shop yes he is that was bananas yeah oh Wayne's World. <sighs> Oh boy. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Yeah. We have now watched two like sort of heavy nostalgia movies yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. This and uh, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. We we like this is buried in our like DNA in a way. That was not because we had not seen it as as kids. Which do you think is a better movie? <gasps> Wayne's World or Hocus Pocus? Oh my gosh. Uh Ah, I don't have an answer yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping for you to sort of sort this one out for me. That's here's why that's part of why that's difficult is I do have so much affection for Bette Midler and Kathy and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, and some affection for Sarah Jessica Parker and Thor Birch. Um, and I don't really have affection for Mike Myers. I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. he did, mm-hmm. he has contributed many a chuckle to my life, but also <laughs> many a groan. And I'm kind of over it. Um, however, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit not f- fair, and I understand the the question, but that because one of them is so, I had seen over and over and the other I had not. So I think I would like to table the question until we do clueless because that to me is a fairer comparison because both of them were something that I looked forward to at some point. Okay. We can certainly table that. Although, uh, I think that that cake's already baked. (laughs) (laughs) Having seen clueless recently with, uh, you know, uh, with the undergraduate class. You think that's going to come out better? Oh yeah, I look forward to it. Oh, I mean, just as like objectively as a movie, yeah. like oh yeah, for for sure. I think though, Hocus Pocus is a better movie. Interesting. Than Tell me Robert. why. I think you could show Hocus Pocus, like I could, you could show Hocus Pocus to somebody today, and they're like, oh, that's not good, but it holds together as a movie. Mm. And you show somebody this, and they're going to be bored, I think, and like scratching their heads about what this. I just don't think it's going to. I don't think it holds up. And I think that I think that Hocus Pocus <laughs> compared to this does, which I guess means that I now have to say that Wayne's World, I think it's a shitty movie because that's what I said about Hocus Pocus. Yeah, there you go. I have affection for it. I have nostalgia. I do have some nostalgia for it just because of, but it has more to do with like where, like remembering my youth than it does 
enjoying what I'm watching on screen. Except for, as you say, a few parts that do kind of like, I do like the, that Bohemian Rhapsody thing in the car that does that, that lifts this movie a little bit for me in, in, in moments like that. But yeah, I don't, I don't think this is a very good movie. It's not, but you are now reminding me of a couple things about Clueless. I can't wait to tell our listening audience. Oh, good. We'll have to add that soon to the schedule then. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I mean, I don't not have much else to say. Um, Would you like to play a game? (laughs) Yeah, I would love to play a game. Okay. Um, So I'm going to send you a document. Okay. And it will be the key to our game. Are you sending it? Are you sending it by the postal service? Or <laughs> yeah, um, well, you get it in forty-eight hours. This game is okay. called WWWD. What would Wayne do? <laughs> or more accurate, well, is, okay. WWWS. Uh-huh. What would Wayne say? Okay. Okay. So I have um, <laughs> listed for you here a number okay. of phrases, words or phrases from Wayne's World. Um, yes. They include excellent. Not. That's what she said. Way. No way. Chat. A monkey's might fly out of my butt. Swing. Party on. We're not worthy. And diddly do, diddly do, diddly do. <laughs> and oh. then I have um, uh, written down some scenarios for you. And these scenarios are from films that we've done in this podcast. Okay. Um, okay. But you're not always in the position of protagonist. Just to be clear so um okay. i'm going to give you a scenario from, from okay. a, a movie mm-hmm. we've done in our podcast and you are going to tell me which wayne's world phrase um you would use in that situation okay all right i love this okay i'm ready so scenario number one you travel dimensions to find your father and have to convince him to come back home with you wws <laughs> okay um I have convinced uh, convinced him to come back home with me. So this is from that Reese Witherspoon Oprah movie called A Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time. Yes. Okay. Just just so our listeners are with us here. Okay. A Wrinkle in Time. Um, I in in order to try and convince my father to come home with me, I would um ha- I would do to like go back in time and show him what things were like, what they could be like at home if he were there. Yay! That was my answer too. Oh, yes. <laughs> Points to Tobin okay. for that. Nice. And I just so you know, I'm not looking for I'm not looking on to the scenarios. I'm only looking at the Perfect. phrases. So I'm I'm not thinking ahead. Okay. Scenario number two. You realize that your coworker does not have access to the coffee or restrooms in the building where you both work. From hidden figures. Oh yeah. Uh I would say um uh, I would say, um, oh, I would say way, no way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably, that's probably right. Um, <laughs> yep. That's probably, that's, that would be the nice one to say. Cause if I said, if I said not, right. that would be really like, that would be yeah, very like, kind. Oh, I thought, I thought <laughs> everybody could be where they wanted to not. Yeah. That would not be good. So you yeah, picked the kindest right. one. Good job. Um, at a high school soccer game, several young people expose themselves to a large crowd. We're not worthy. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, sorry. It's it's, it's not good. I mean, perhaps party on. I just. I suppose. Yeah, and we're at, we're at a high school soccer game, so Schwing probably should not be on probably. the on the menu or or ex or excellent not. for that matter. So I'm going to go with we're not worthy. You are a gynecologist, <laughs> and your charming, melancholy patient kisses you. Uh, party on. <laughs> And I would probably go with yeah, and monkeys my flat on my butt. <laughs> um, and then finally, you realize your child is right. There is a terrible monster haunting you and your house. That's when I say yeah, and monkeys my flat on my butt. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, because I, think, I would not believe it. <laughs> I think you won the game. Oh wow. <laughs> That's the, that's the second game I've won. It's true. And, you know, I just figured let's pick a game that is as dumb as the movie. <laughs> but also reminds us of some of the strange scenarios we found ourselves in on this journey yes, that, of a podcast. Always fun to look back over our previous 23 or 24 episodes. And um, Now, this might come up again in a minute but there is one other thing there is one moment that i found delightful and sad in this movie yes you know what it is uh no it's the laverne and shirley scene oh yeah yeah i thought that was adorable and i thought it was adorable in a way that a lot of the fans wouldn't necessarily get Right. At the time, right. you know, metal yep. bros. I don't know if any metal bros actually like this movie, but um you know, might <laughs> it might not be a cultural crossover, um which right. made me like it more. Um and then also because we did just recently lose Penny Marshall. Right. In the world, so I thought I liked that moment. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, I, one of the things I, I, I and I know not all of the sort of straight to camera stuff breaking the fourth wall works in this movie or the, the as they're or they're, they're being aware of the, of the movie or whatever. But I did like that. It was partway through that that they realized, wait, we're on our way to like they're going to Alice Cooper concert. Right. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, what are we doing? And we like we just we've stumbled into this sort of homage montage and we've got <laughs> we've got to go. I, I, I thought that was kind of delightful. Yeah, it was. It was a, a light moment in an otherwise way. Um hour and a half. Well, Isla, now is the time in our uh, podcast where we decide if this movie is a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the cameras. Is this movie progressive or regressive? What say you? I say that I loved the character of Cassandra and I thought she had a lot of admirable qualities that fit well in our fearless women theme. However, I don't think that character was enough to push it over the edge. I do not find this movie progressive. Period. I agree on all points. (laughs) (laughs) For anything this movie is doing that's progressive is on accident. And uh, therefore it (laughs) and there's not enough of it even with that for it to count. So, nope, this movie is not progressive. Nope. But Aislinn, what are we going to see next? Oh, my goodness. So. What's interesting to me is that we are leaping from 1992 all the way to 1992. (laughs) Yes, we are. And I would say from my experience talking to humans in the world, I would say our most requested film. 
Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, the one that pe- most often someone says, oh, you should do this movie. So we are going to do A League of Their Own coming in on January 22nd. Very excited. So excited. This used to be my playground. <gasps> yes, that's right. I still have that she music somewhere. I know. It's in my house next to my piano. The she music? Yep. That was mine? Yep. Oh. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Hey, I really did use to have the sheet sometimes music. Sometimes you go to college, you leave stuff behind, and your little sister packs it up. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Aislinn, you can find me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is going to be a short episode. Um, but you know what? It's a short movie, and we don't have a whole lot to say about it. Um, but if you have more to say about it, you can come find us online. You can find me on Twitter, at Tobin Addington. Aislinn, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at SassyNerdMT. Write in. Tell me what you think about boners and sound effects. <laughs> Love to hear it. Oh, my God. That would be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the question. It's not if they should have sound effects or not. It's what sound effects sound should, be. should yes. a direction be. For all yes. humans. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. All right. You can find us on Twitter at contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at thecontenderspod.com. Special thanks to our members who joined at the marquee level or above, Carly B., Sean Flynn, and Jeff Addington. I have a special announcement. Become a member today at the voting member level or above, and you can help choose which Sofia Coppola movie we're going to do first. I'm nervous because the last <laughs> poll did not go well for me, folks. We don't trust Twitter polls anymore. Island has been scarred. <laughs> so we're only going to trust our our uh, Patreon members at the voting member level or above. So join today. We just had someone join uh, just yesterday. So, you know, it's uh, come come. And if you and if you join. No, we didn't just that part. We only need three more members at the time we're recording this for us to release a bonus mini-sode. Mm. So, we, you know, uh, come join and then we'll uh, we'll give you more content, as they say. Absolutely. And there's a rumor that some homemade merch has mm. uh, been produced. So, there, mm-hmm. you know, get in while the getting's good and I might make you something fun. That's right. Handmade merch, folks. Handmade merch, because we classy. We here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me, and you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings on Twitter at Cage Club Pod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I am Tobin Addington. And I'm Aislinn Addington. And we'll see you next time on The Contenders. And producer, Dinah Minot. Now, I went with Minot like North Dakota there. Yeah, I don't know if that's what you I wanted. I assume that's right. Okay. <laughs> the only, 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 only way I know how to say Minot. I suppose you could say Mino, but I, I don't no. think that's – Yeah. <laughs>